Welcome to Concerning CAMS, brought to you by Education Pathways. I'm Kevin Connickney, your host. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's get started. Our topic today is Right Plant, Right Place. I have the pleasure to be here with Linda Ray Nelson. Linda is the president of Greenscape Southwest Florida. Welcome, Linda, to Concerning CAMS, and could you please start by telling us about your background in the landscaping industry? Well, hey, Kevin. Thanks for letting me come in and, and talk with you this afternoon. Uh, background in, in landscaping. Well, I had the privilege of being um, born and raised in the Naples area. Um, I'm third generation, I think. They kind of call us the Florida cracker. Yes. Um, my parents was in the cattle industry and in the agriculture industry my whole life. Um, I kind of swayed and got into the landscaping. I, I love the aspect of being able to give something back and to nurture the gardens that we have. Um, I started my education um, at Edison Community College and just continued from there. And then I maintained my um, FNGA certifications and my ISA certifications. And I've had a pleasure being part of the Greenscape family now going on Oh my goodness, like 39 years. So as associations think about uh, the right plant in the right place and how they begin to look at landscaping, what are the things they should be thinking about when they plan for their landscaping? You know, one of the things that they really should maybe start with is what is the use of the plants in the landscape? Why why are we using plants in the landscape? You know, sometimes when we think about right plant, right place, we need to go back to what's the purpose of it. You know, when we look at the basics of the purpose of landscaping, you know, it's to soften the roof lines. It's to soften and cool the pavement areas. It's to make it aesthetically pleasing. You know, if you pulled into a parking lot with no trees, it's kind of hot and not very pleasing. And when you think about the the rising temperatures, you know, when we talk about um, urban warming, and um, that's a big factor in it. Also, when we look at landscape, it provides us a very competitive edge in today's market. I mean, if you look at Southwest Florida, Florida in general, you know, landscaping is one of our key motivations when it comes to people coming in and purchasing and um, adding to our economy here. And so landscape is a, a strong key point in that. And sometimes, you know, we think one size plant fits all, and it truly doesn't. You know, plants have just as much individual needs as we as humans. You know, some plants prefer to be directly in the sunlight. Some plants prefer to be in the shade. Some plants want to be 12 inches, and some plants want to be 12 foot. And there may be only one or two genes that separates these two different varieties of plants. Okay, well, so I guess the next question that comes to mind is, what are some typical mistakes that associations make when they don't think of it that way? You'll get in, when you start looking at mistakes, that's kind of interpretational. Um, Let's put on it what motivates people, the dollar value. Because, again, as um, we talked about how plants and humans are so... um, intertwined with one another, Um, plants have a shelf life also. You know, a typical hibiscus that will give you a flower every day. Um, Normally a good lifespan on it's about three to five years. You know, after about that, you may have six or seven green leaves and one or two flowers, but it's definitely not that beautiful hibiscus you put in 36 or 60 months ago. So it's understanding the shelf life and also understanding that when you use foundational plants, and we'll call them foundations, and and to kind of best describe that, it's the plants you're going to use around the foundation of 
your building. It's the plants you're going to use around the foundation of your, your tennis courts, your clubhouse amenities, um, and any of your disposal areas. Those are the plants that you're going to use because they, they hold the foundation. And those plants can be 25, 30-year lifespan plants, some of them even older, um, depending upon the location and the cultural practices. And so when a, when a community is looking at how they're going to upgrade, typically it's upgrading in areas where you've got high exposure. You know, where are you going to spend that dollar the wisest to give you the biggest bang for your buck? And so that's one of the things associations, you know, as they start looking at their budget, first you want to look at what your cultural practices. Um, be realistic. I mean, be realistic with what you can afford. You know, a, a journey of a thousand miles starts with that first step. And we can all have very substantially uh, landscapes, great curb appeal, great life um, expectancy on them if we just have realistic expectations. You know, it's not always about seasonal flowers. It's not always about the flower. It's a lot of times you can intertwine the color of the leaves, the textures of the leaves, and have a really interesting landscape. You know, in some areas you can have that garden feel, and in some areas you need to have that commercial residential landscaping footprint. I suspect when a CAM is working with a landscaping professional, they have to think about the location that they're doing planting. For example, is it near a lake? Is it near a swimming pool? Near a building? Can you talk to us about that and what we need to think about? Oh, 100%. You want to, you know, when you're looking at a pool area, you've got a couple things that you've got to think about. Um, one, is there is there units that's exposed to the pool area that might want privacy. So then maybe you're going to have to have some hedges or, or some type of landscape feature to give you some obstruction, you know, up to six foot to where beyond that, you know, you have to have a sense of privacy. Um, you're going to want flowers. That's where everyone gathers. The pool it seems to be the hub of the community. Everyone comes there. So you're going to want to have something with flowers. You're going to want to have something to where something you have with flowers is far enough away from the pool that the flowers don't get in the water. So you don't want the catch-22 because you don't want, well, the flowers always get in the water and clogging up the filter. So you want to keep them away from the pool. So when you look at these different aspects of your communities, you know, if you've got blind spots in the buildings, then don't utilize a lot of money there. Put your money at your main entrance. Put your money at your walkways. You know, flowering trees, flowering shrubs, again, it's how you utilize them. And you also really want to be conscious as to what side you're installing on is facing. Is it a north-facing building? Is it a south-facing building? Are you east and west? Because as you start to look at your landscape plants, you're going to see that all of them have a little bit different needs. You know, there's some great um, websites through IFAS, the extension office, to where you can put in the plants and identify the areas you've got, and it gives you some really good recommendations. And my goodness, there's so many apps that you can have on your smartphone now to get in to identify plants and to know that you're putting the right plant in the right place. You know, sometimes you'll, you'll see properties where they'll put a palm tree, and it's literally one foot off the footprint of the building. Well, you know long range that's going to give you some difficulty. And a lot of the times the CAMs and the association they don't have the luxury of designing the landscape. Um, and a lot of times the landscaping was designed more to get all the code requirements in place. And a lot of times, unfortunately, the person designed it never truly seen the property in person. It was on a CAD system. So therefore, they don't make adjustments when it's going in to pull 
pull the palm tree three foot from the house because a lot of the landscape and a lot of the design is based to where you have instant gratification, so you buy the unit. You know, it's hard to plant a unit um, culturally to where you're putting a plant every four foot to give it growing space and still want to sell it in 60 days after you CO it. So it's, it's all about application and then how you manage the application as the landscape ages. And what about ponds or water areas that are near buildings? What, what things do we need to think about in that context? Now, you're really going to go there with me, Kevin. You're going to bring a pond into this conversation? Absolutely. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Um, ponds, ponds have their own needs. And ponds, you know, when we look at ponds and you really look at it here, we're calling them ponds, and they're really closer to little retainage, retainage areas, one should say, or oh, okay. I guess that's better than saying a little mud hole. Uh-huh. Um, if you're fortunate, <laughs> you know, they're, they're deeper than about nine feet. You know, I'm not real versed on the palms. Um, I do like seeing littorals. Mm. You know, you want to try to, in a lot of associations, they try to keep the grass cut real low next to the pond's edge. And I really think as far as filtering the landscape and giving it that Audubon buffer is 18 to 24 inches off that water's edge. Allow it to get a little bit hairy. You know, everything doesn't have to be manicured all the way down. Mm. By allowing it to get a little bit hairy, um, you have a, an area for wildlife. Um, you have a huge area to buffer and clean the water before it hits mm. our pond system. Because we have to remember, all these ponds in our communities are somehow interlocked with one another beneath the surface. And so everything we can do responsibly to help keep the ponds clean is a good thing. Linda, what can a CAM expect from a good landscaping company with regard to feedback and advice on this type of planting? You know, it's a really good question. Um, As I reflect on it, I, I think the biggest responsibility of any of us as landscapers is to provide um the best management possible using art and relying on science. I think a landscaper's responsibility is not only just to manage the landscape, or I should say maintain it, but to manage it. Um, I feel, and it's one of my, my, my biggest feelings is, it's, we're stewardship. We're here to help give you the best information, the best current information, to help you maintain your landscape and to protect that investment. I mean, if we really look at it, you know, we're safeguarding our environment for each other. And it's not just for our generation, it's for multiple generations to come. And it's kind of like when you're upstream and you're throwing pebbles in. It's amazing the ripple effect that you get downstream um, by the way you just manage something and you approach something. So I think landscapers should maybe look at it from that standpoint. And we've come a long way in our environmental needs in the last 15 to 20 years. The awareness has just been astounding and refreshing. Linda, sometimes associations or the landscaping committee will get sticker shock when they look at the cost of doing landscaping. So is this something that needs to be done all at one time, or is it something that can be done incrementally? What do you suggest? It's a very good question, and actually it's something you should face. You know, when we look at our landscape, it is a living organism that is aging every day, just like us. You know, if you, if you look at us as we age, unfortunately, a lot of times our medical attention increases. 
um, it costs a little bit more for us to maintain ourselves. Landscaping is the same way. As landscape ages, it becomes more susceptible to different diseases, um, different insects, um, different pruning requirements. It has to be handled differently. So when boards are looking at their communities, they really should, as the community ages, start increasing their budget but also look at their community and put it in segments to where maybe this year they're focusing on this section of the community. Next year they're focusing on segment two. And try to cycle, cycle their communities out about every five to seven years with the, you know, again, using those areas of the most exposure as where the most funds are invested. Linda, as we wrap up this episode, do you have any final words of wisdom for us as we think about right plant, right place? You know, I, again, it's knowing your level of acceptance as far as it comes to management of your landscape. It's also realizing that there's a science and an art to any time you're using landscape. Linda, thank you for joining us today on Concerning Cams to walk us through Right Plant, Right Place. If listeners have additional questions, how can they best reach you or your associates at Greenscape Southwest Florida? Um, well, they can do it by a couple different ways. They can call the office, uh, 239-643-4471, or they can go to the web to uh, greenscapesfl.com, and um, we have a service line in there that they can drop an email, or if they would like, they could email me directly at lnelson at greenscapesfl.com. Thank you, Linda, and we'll include this contact information in the episode notes for this podcast for our listeners. <music>